What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one it's the game week 7 preview and there's quite a lot of stuff to go through. We've got double game week information, injury updates from the Carabao Cup and I'm going to answer some of your questions as well including Sterling, Salah, West Ham players and of course double game week 7. So if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and don't forget to check out Fantasy Football Hub. There's a 7 day free trial at the moment and up to 30% off. Links in the description below. So let's start off with some double game week information we already knew that man city and brentford was going to be a blank in game week 18 and of course that fixture would need to be rescheduled later on and from listening to james on planet fpl and following ben krellin on twitter it seemed to be that the most likely time that would get rearranged was somewhere between game weeks 20 and 24 now ben tweeted last night and said that both man city and brentford are out of the carabao cup so he's 99% sure that that fixture will move to one of these game weeks. Now, he originally said it could be game week 10, but he since said that's impossible. So don't panic about that. Uh, he said either game week 20 or 21. And then he said it's most likely to move to game week 20. And if that happens, Man City will have a double game week in game week 20 of Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home. And Brentford will have Crystal Palace away and Man City away. Now, straight away, for those of you that have been asking me what I'm thinking about triple captaining... So I know a few people have used it in single game weeks on Haaland. That is when I'm going to use it, right? If the double goes into game week 20, there is no way if Haaland is fit and available, I'm going to give up Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home. And I know it's very boring because lots of other FPL managers are going to do exactly the same thing, but that is too good to go against him. So that is when I'll be looking to use that chip. The other knock-on effects this possibly has is about wildcard use. And I know game week 20 is a long way away, but a lot of people are thinking about using their wildcard now, or maybe they're kind of in between whether to use it early or whether to save it later on. If it does go into game week 20, that does give a bit of a boost to the game week 19 wildcard because it lets you deal with the blank and the double pretty easily. So if we look at the fixtures around it, so Man City have got, for them, right, it's quite a tough run between game weeks 8 and 14. They'll probably still win most of those games. I fully get that. But from an FPL point of view, they've got to play Arsenal away, Brighton at home, Man United away, Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, and Spurs at home. So whether or not you ditch Haaland or keep him, and I suspect most people will keep him, you're going to want him from game week 15 onwards because they've got Aston Villa away, Luton away, and Palace at home. Now, the obvious thing to do if you've already used your wild card is just to bench him in game week 18 for the blank. Then you've got him ready for Everton away in game week 19 and the probable double in game week 20. So that's obvious, right, for Haaland. But what if you want triple Man City? Because then you'd have to bench all three of them in game week 18. And if you've already used your wild card early on, you're then spending transfers to get them in whilst probably having to deal with injuries and suspensions and stuff like that as well. So I don't think it means you shouldn't use your wild card now. I'm almost certainly going to still use it in game week 10. But if you were thinking about using it, oh, sorry, saving it for longer term, that could be quite beneficial. You are going to want Man City players probably over this period, especially if the minutes of the likes of Foden and Alvarez, maybe there's a defender in there as well, still look good. Because even after the double, it's Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Everton at home. The fixtures are good, right? So you are going to want probably triple, uh, double or triple Man City for a double game week, especially when it looks that good. In terms of Brentford, their fixtures get tricky from game week 10. So they've got Chelsea away, West Ham at home, Liverpool away, Arsenal at home. After that, they get quite good again. So you've got Luton at home, Brighton away, Sheffield United away, Villa at home. Then it's the blank. And then you've got Wolves at home, Palace away, Forest at home straight afterwards. So although most people within Burmo right now are probably not that happy, there might be a point down the line where we start to look at Brentford players again. And obviously having the wild card 
would allow you to get them straight in for that double in 20 have wolves at home before that in 19 and then forest at home in 21 it's worth noting that obviously with the african cup of nations and burma is going to go away with that so he's not going to be a long-term hold or anything like that but obviously you could use a transfer to get rid of him after that double uh, and i think he'll probably get the nottingham forest at home game as well so there's lots of considerations there i think this is going to be manageable because it's not like triple brentford's going to be essential and everyone's going to have harland anyway so you're really only thinking about maybe one other Brentford player and possibly two Man City players. Is that enough to hold your wild card? That's really going to depend on how you're set up right now and how easily you can get to other players. So obviously Salah is a big consideration for people. You can probably get him in game weeks 9 or 10 by making a couple of transfers, maybe a third one for a minus four hit, right? A lot of teams are set up in that way. You've just got to sell two of like Rashford, Fernandez, Son, Saka, etc. But if you also have to make a bunch of other moves as well, like for my team, I'd love to deal with uh, Jordan Pickford. I'd like to change my Inbermo to a Diaby. I might want to get Matoma in. I might want to change my second goalkeeper as well. There might be enough moves that justify still doing it. And I'll try and handle that double game week later on without needing a wild card but if you're perfectly set up now or you're happy to go without Salah or without a son and you can easily manage the next few weeks then there are good reasons to hold on to it later again it's all going to be team dependent of course but that is going to be an interesting double i just don't see how i can not captain a triple captain harland i mean sheffield united at home is almost good enough on its on its own and then you've got Brentford at home as well it just looks too good i mean it might this is not confirmed 100% by the way um but I would make sure you're following Ben Crennan on Twitter. Make sure you're following Planet FPL as well. They do loads of podcasts. James is always covering fixture turns and stuff like that. I'm sure he's going to talk about this. But yeah, Game Week 20 looking good. Possibly late wildcards had a bit of a boost, but for most people, using it soon is not going to be a massive problem. So if you were thinking of keeping Ben Chilwell for one more week because it was looking possible that he would start in Game Week 7, you're probably going to have to rethink that. He started for Chelsea in the Carabao Cup last night and went off injured. And Pochettino says, we need to assess... But I think it's a hamstring. If that's the case, he's definitely going to miss game week seven, almost certainly game week eight as well. And from nine onwards, the fixtures for Chelsea get pretty bad. So you're not going to want one of their defenders anyway. I'd be surprised now if he plays game week seven. We will hear from Pochettino on Friday ahead of the weekend's game. So we will get an update. But I would start making plans about how you're going to deal with this. If you've got three other defenders that you can play instead and you don't have a spare transfer, and you just want to bench him for a week, and then deal with it in game week eight perfectly fine but for most people this is an issue that's going to be dealt with sooner rather than later in terms of replacements you know what i'm going to say newcastle defense uh, looks like one of the top options to bring in at the moment burnley at home this week then it's west ham away palace at home wolves away in game week 10 it gets a little bit trickier in game week 11 they've got arsenal at home most teams aren't going to keep a clean sheet in that fixture but in game week 12 it's bournemouth away so I would say in five of the next six game weeks, I'm perfectly happy to play a Newcastle defender. And I think a double up is perfectly reasonable. I've got Trippier and Botman. You could look at Cher and Dan Burn as well. I still think Trippier is worth the extra money. Just keep in mind what that might stop you moving forward. So for me, for example, by getting Trippier, I've made it very hard to get Salah without a wild card unless I want to start taking hits. But I kind of knew that when I bought him. They're the kind of things that I would consider. But if you've got the money, Trippier is definitely the top option. If you want to look elsewhere, most people are going to consider Matty Cash. I quite, I kind of like that. They've got um, an injury. I think this happened last night to Leon Bailey. So that means Cash could be a little bit more attacking. Maybe he'll even play in an advanced position in some of the matches. So I do like the look of him. 4.8 million he is now. I don't think there's a high chance of a clean sheet against Brighton at home this week. But if... 
you are hoping to play Chilwell because your rest of your defense or, or the options on the bench don't look great, then bringing Cash in with uh, the idea of having him long term looks pretty good, even if he's not going to get a clean sheet this week. You've got Wolves away, West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away, and Fulham at home after that. So plenty of clean sheet potential there, and he's pretty decent attacking-wise. I really like the look of him. Um, the other player I'm going to kind of put out there is Diogo Dallo, who's playing at the moment a lot because wan is injured. Obviously, Luke Shaw is as well. So if he's not playing right back, he can play left back too. Um, and Man United... Look, they haven't been great, but I would say six game weeks, they've had three matches where they were likely to keep a clean sheet. Wolves, Forest, and Burnley, and they've kept two in those three games. So I don't think it's the end of the world. And going forward, you've got back-to-back home games. Palace at home, Brentford at home. Palace, a team that put up 0.3 expected goals against Fulham. Brentford may be struggling a little bit at the moment, especially without Rico Henry. Then you've got Sheffield United away. And even if you're... Sorry, if you're thinking of saving your wildcard to a lot later, Man United then have Man City at home in game week 10. Not great. But then it's Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away. So I would say that you could play Dallow in six of the next seven games. And even if you are wildcarding right now, I don't think it's completely crazy to consider him. Because even if Wan-Bissaka comes back soon, I think he could be out for another month. I think Dallow is starting to play himself into being the first choice right back. Last season... Wambasaka played him into that, uh, played himself into that role. But I think on the ball going forward, how Ten Hag wants to play, Dallow is the better player. And even if uh, Wambasaka comes back, it's not completely out of the question that Dallow could move to left back and Regadon doesn't keep playing. So his minutes are slightly questionable in the long term, but in the short term, things look pretty good. So they're probably the three that I would look at if you're looking to play, replace Chilwell. Probably Newcastle, Villa. Possibly Man United if you fancy a little bit of a punt. I know everyone's gonna. I know everyone watching that is gonna hate that shout, but I don't think it's that bad. You could look at Liverpool, but I don't think now is the time to bring them in. You probably want to go for them from going kind of game week nine onwards. But yeah, that's probably where I'll be looking. So given that I've just mentioned Newcastle defenders, I should probably go through what Eddie Howe said after the Carabao Cup game against Man City last night. So he said Callum Wilson was left out because of hamstring tightness, so he wasn't in the squad at all. Sven Botman has a knee problem. Isaac came off with a tight calf. Bruno twisted his ankle and Paul Dummett had cramp. And then Dan Byrne and Martin Dubravka were unwell. So if you're looking to bring in a Newcastle defender, you've probably seen that Botman and Byrne are both flagged in FPL. Now, with Eddie Howe, he's not always the most forthcoming with injury news. And I always take what he says with a pinch of salt. I'd be very surprised if the back four against Burnley isn't Trippier, Cher, Botman and Byrne. Just like it always is. It was a pretty, It was a completely changed back four against man city last night i think all the four regulars come back in obviously there will be another press conference on friday ahead of the weekend's game so you can just wait for more information there but if you've already bought botman i wouldn't be panicking about what you're going to have to do with him i've got him in my team and i'm pretty confident he's going to start and i'm not going to have to transfer him out or worry about playing sgp and off the bench or anything like that callum wilson and Isaac are a little bit more interesting because wilson obviously has had um, a lot of injury problems in the past. I think if he is a doubt going into this game and you don't already own, I would probably just not go for him, of course. If you have already gone for Wilson or Isaac and you're wondering what to do, then you will just have to wait for updates on Friday and hope that Eddie Howe gives us something concrete. I think at this point, I'd probably be looking to hold whichever one you have. But if he says they're out for the weekend, then obviously it's going to be time to sell. But in terms of defenders, same thing as what I've just said in the Chilwell segment Trippier, if you've got the money, then probably Botman, Cher, and Dan Burt. And I suspect they're all going to be fine for the weekend.
All right, let's get into some of your questions. Here's the first one. The double game week contains two teams with one point each. Is it a waste of time looking at them? And I think the short answer is yes. For the most part, you can just completely ignore Luton and Burnley players. And it's not that they're necessarily bad for the double itself. It's about having to hold on to them after that. If you were dead set on wildcarding in game week eight, then maybe there's more reason to take a punt or two because you know you can get rid of them straight away. But for most people, they're just not going to be worth a transfer in and then a transfer out outside of maybe someone like Carlton Morris because the fixtures are good. We know he's nailed on. He's on penalties as well. That could be worth a look. Every other attacker, I think I would mostly ignore. Like for Burnley, for example, you could go for Amdouni instead of Carlton Morris. And maybe the fixtures long-term are a little bit better. But do you really want to use one of your forward slots on a Burnley forward moving forward? Probably not. And if you're going to go for a midfielder, like Kolioshu, for example, then you're probably going to have to remove a really good midfielder that you currently have in your team. Maybe if Saka's injured, and then that move for a Burnley player enables you to get salary easier down the line, possibly that could work. But do you really want a Burnley midfielder in your team long-term? I would say probably not. So the only attacker that i would even look at is carlton morris and i think for most people unless you've got someone like jackson that is suspended or perhaps wilson or Isaac is ruled out and they're still in your team most people are probably not, not going to go for him either i guess if you do go for him it's about how long you're willing to keep him afterwards because he is quite cheap if you sell jackson to morris you're saving 1.5 million again that might enable you to get salary easier if you don't already have him so it might even be worth holding on to him not because you're expecting him to score loads of points but because it enables you to get more points elsewhere. So you have to think about your own team. I probably wouldn't be looking to bring him in if I'm going to take him straight back out again. Is he worth two transfers? I guess only if you're going to captain him. But even in that case, it's not like he's a much better captain than Haaland. And lots of people are going to ask me this week, who would I captain between Morris and Haaland? And I think it's, I think it's difficult because I don't own both of them. Because I'll probably lean towards the double game week player, but I don't know if I would definitely do that because of Haaland's obviously so great right and I think in the past with double game weeks I've already been I've always been dead set on captain in the double game weeker but I think given that there's some hesitation here tells me what I really think about Morris as an option so yeah I think it's worthwhile bringing in if you've got a player that's not playing but if you've got Alvarez like is it worth bringing Morris in for Alvarez if you've got a spare transfer I mean he's got a double game week then he's got Spurs at home in game week eight whereas Alvarez plays Arsenal away which is going to be tricky I think unless you've got nothing else to do, it feels like such a luxury move. Plus, Alvarez did come off early in the Carabao Cup, and he came off early in game week six as well. So I think in terms of rest and starting against Wolves, it's almost certainly going to happen. So yeah, I just can't get that excited. I guess with goalkeepers, depending on your setup, you could maybe go for one, because obviously you can bench them after the double. So if you've got like Johnston against Man United away, and... Turner at home to Brentford I think they're both going to start again for what it's worth I mean Johnson definitely because Henderson's picked up an injury and it looks like Turner's going to keep the shirt until he starts making mistakes that you could yeah you could just keep hold of them but if you had a spare transfer you wanted to get a double gaming goalkeeper just a bench after that you could do it but it's not the most exciting use of a transfer I would say and then with the defenders I've got Kabori in my team because I've had him since game week one but if I didn't own him and I was having to play Trippier uh, Botman and Estrepinian I wouldn't make a transfer just to have to bench one of those so it only really comes down to do you need the money for another move like Chilwell for example a lot of people will own him if you've already got as many Newcastle defenders as you want and you either already got cash or you're just going to ignore him whatever the case might be and you want to sell Chilwell this week then maybe you go down to a Luton or a Burnley defender to save a lot of money 
which allows you to make a bigger transfer next week. In that scenario, maybe it's okay. But for most people, you do not need to bring in Luton and Burnley defenders. In terms of which ones are best to go for, I mean, for the double, Luton's fixtures are better. But I would say Burnley are a better team. I think Kabori's kind of exciting because he plays wing back. But after that, it's Spurs at home, Forest away, Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man United away. There's no clean sheets there, I would say. Whereas with Burnley, their fixtures longer term are a little bit better. So the, the double is worse. Newcastle away, Luton away. Then they got Chelsea at home. But Brentford away, Bournemouth away, Palace at home. they got West Ham at home in 13. Sheffield United at home in game week 14. Wolves away in 15. Everton at home in 17. I'm not saying that you play a Burnley defender. Like if you, if you can help it, you always bench them. But if you got stuck later on because of injuries or suspensions, there are some fixtures there where maybe you could play Bayer. So I think for the double itself, a Luton defender is better. But long-term pick, if they're going to have to stay in your squad, I prefer the Burnley defender. But to go back to the original question, is it a waste of time looking at them? I wouldn't say a complete waste of time, but for the most part, I would ignore them. I'm not looking to bring in any more apart from Kabori that I've already got. The only attacker I would look at is Carlton Morris. And the only way I'd get a defender or a goalkeeper is if you've got the absolute luxury of a spare transfer and or you want to save some funds for a bigger move. So what are my thoughts on West Ham players? They have Sheffield United, Everton, Brentford and Nottingham Forest in the next six fixtures. And that is quite literally true. They do have all four of those games. But I think it's always interesting that you can frame fixture runs in a slightly different way. So if we look at the games that West Ham have, like, like said in the question, they've got Sheffield United, Everton, Brentford and Forest in the next six. But if you look at the next three games... Is Sheffield United at home, Newcastle at home, Villa away. So their two hardest fixtures of the next six matches are in the next three game weeks. So you could look at it and say, well, I want to target the Sheffield United at home fixture and I want to keep my West Ham player long term anyway. That's perfectly fine. I'm not trying to put people off. But is there such a rush when they've got to play Newcastle at home in eight and Villa away in nine the four good fixtures mentioned in the question three of them aren't until game week 10 onwards so even if you delayed getting a west ham player until game week 10 which a lot of people will be looking to wildcard then you'd still get everton at home brentford away forest at home burnley away palace at home then it spurs away in 15 which is obviously trickier but then it's fulham away and wolves at home in game week 17 so even if you didn't jump on west ham players until game week 10 you've still got an incredible fixture run and you've missed Newcastle at home and Villa away. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're looking to bring in a West Ham attacker, they can definitely get returns in those two matches. But it's just a framing thing. So four of the next six look good, but two of the next three aren't quite so good. But obviously, if you want to target the Sheffield United at home fixture, and you want to keep them right down until kind of game week 17, no issues with that whatsoever. So I do think look uh, thinking about West Ham players is a good thing right now. In terms of the attackers... Obviously, lots of people have been loving Ward-Prowse recently. The only game he's blanked in so far is Liverpool away, which, fair enough, it's quite tough. And at 6.3 million, he offers good value. But if you've got the money, Jared Bowen is probably where I would go. I just think his minutes are fantastic. To be fair, they are going to be with Ward-Prowse as well. But I think he is one of the main goal threats in that West Ham team. So Ward-Prowse is more likely to get you an assist. I think Jared Bowen is more likely to go and get you a goal. So if money wasn't an issue... Jared Bowen is probably where I would go, and I do like the look of him. I'm not sure I'd be looking to find a space for someone like Pakatar. Ward Prowse, maybe, but again, I come back to this you know, it's not just about the value they provide, it's about what spot in midfield they take up. 
I'm not really interested in selling Rashford or Fernandes for the next three fixtures. No one's telling me I should sell Son, of course. He looks great right now. If Saka's fit, he's an easy hold. So it would only really be in Burmo out. And to be fair, I do have slight concerns over him. So in Burmo to a Bowen, probably not that bad of a move, to be honest with you, if you've got the spare transfer. But at the same time, a guy that's nailed on and on penalties with Forrest away, Man United away and Burnley at home next three could easily do just as well as West Ham as long as he's not playing permanently as a wingback. So I think for a lot of people, it's not that West Ham options are bad. It's about where they fit in in your team. And then up front, a lot of people are on Haaland and Alvarez. Maybe you've got a Newcastle forward. Maybe you've got Darwin Nunez. Maybe you're bringing in Morris, whoever it might be. It's kind of hard to probably justify Antonio. And his goal threat kind of has fallen off from what it was a couple of seasons ago. He is 5.9 million, so it's quite cheap. And he is their first choice forward. But I just think players like Kudus are going to keep taking minutes off him. So I'm not sure he's where I would go. So I'd probably be looking at Bowen or Ward-Prowse. I think from game week 10 onwards, I'm going to need two midfielders in and around that 6.5 million price point. And if Matoma is still being rotated, and I don't want him Burma because of the fixtures, and I'm a little bit unsure on Eze, then maybe I do end up with Ward-Prowse and Diaby, but I'm not willing to kind of make that commitment right now. So my general thoughts on the attackers... They're good to bring in this week, but Newcastle at home and Villa away are going to be a bit tougher. The really good fixture run starts from game week 10 onwards, but it really depends how long-term you're going to keep them. In terms of the defensive options, Ariola looks great. Unfortunately, he's not 4 million anymore. He's 4 million. Uh, sorry, he's 4.2. He looks like the goalkeeper to go for. I think on wildcard right now, I probably wouldn't even go for Flecken. I've been talking about Flecken and Ariola as a combination. I'm not sure you need it. I think you just get Ariola and you just play him every single week until you need to deal with him. Even after game week 17, right? You've got game week 18, Man United at home, 19 Arsenal away. Then it's Brighton at home, Sheffield United away, Bournemouth at home. The fixtures are just very good for West Ham for a long time. Ariola is the goalkeeper to get. Um, in terms of a defender, obviously, you've got Ward Prowse from set pieces. That's great for you know, getting headed goals, etc. So Aguerd, for example, um, pretty much a 90-minute man all the time. Same for Kurt Zuma. You could go for them as well and just bench them in the more tougher games. So in general, I quite like the look of West Ham fixtures, but where an attacker fits in, for my plans at least, I'm just not sure right now. I just probably don't have the spare transfer or the money to get Bowen. And if I miss the Sheffield United home game... I'm not so worried about not having them for Newcastle and Villa. The defenders are probably a little bit more interesting to me right now, especially the goalkeeper. I think Ariola looks great. If you're on wildcard, you've got to get him. So, yeah, potentially West Ham are going to make me look really stupid by not having any because the fixtures look great. But I think the mad rush for them may be not needed. If you can get away with a Sheffield United home game, I don't think you'll be worried about not having them for the next two after that. So question on Liverpool attackers, is there a case for going without Salah and picking Darwin instead? And I love this question because it shows how quickly the general narrative changes in FPL. And I'm not saying that the person that asked the question has changed their opinion, but just more generally what I'm seeing in comments and replies on Twitter and stuff like that. So after game week five, Salah got a 10-pointer and lots of other midfielders did really badly. And the general feeling seemed to be that you had to have salary. It was almost essential. It didn't matter about captaincy. Get him in your team. Suddenly, after game week six, Salah's got another 10 points, so exactly the same score. But Mitoma, Son, Fernandez, Foden, Saka all did really well. And now the questions are starting to come up as 
Do you even need Salah? So that has changed quite quickly. And that's just general sentiment. For me, the plan has always been the same. I don't need Salah because I'm happy to spread the money around. It hasn't always worked, but that was the plan. And I'm probably not going to captain him. From game week nine onwards, there are opportunities to captain him. The fixture run is incredible. I still think he's a good option to go for. If you're willing to captain other players and you want to spread that money around, then it's the same conversation as it was in game week one if you think that's the best route to go for then yeah you shouldn't go for Salah um, but I, I guess you just got to be confident in the other players you're going to captain instead so I'll come on to Darwin in a minute because I think that's more of a coverage question if we look at the the fixtures that Haaland's got mostly because that he's the player that you're going to be looking to go against most people are either going to captain him or Morris in game week seven that's fine game week eight you can go against Haaland because he's got Arsenal away but the player you're probably going to go for I would say, is Son. And he seems to be the catalyst for these Salah questions. Because after Sheffield United, he blanked. Now he's got two goals against Arsenal. People are starting to think, well, he's playing number nine. He's probably on penalties. How can I not have him? But they also don't want to drop Saka. And therefore, it starts making Salah a lot harder to get in. So he's probably the catalyst for these questions. But he's an option in game week eight. So you don't necessarily need Salah. In game week nine, I would say on paper... Liverpool's fixture is better against Everton but obviously that is a derby it's coming off the back of an international break as well so players like Diaz and Nunez might not start and for Man City they got Brighton at home so on paper tougher fixture but Brighton give up chances and Haaland's just always great so I'm not even sure you need Salah for that week although obviously if you're wildcard you'd probably put him in because the fixture run is great and then in game week 10 Haaland's got Man United away now, Haaland did destroy Man United last year, but that was at home. I can't remember how many goals he got in the second game, but that could be tighter than people realise. So maybe you need Salah for Forrest at home, but then you've also got Saka against Sheffield United at home. So forget whether or not Haaland's going to destroy Man United. If you want to go against him that week, you have got Salah as an option, but you've also got Saka as long as he's fit and available. And that kind of goes on and on and on, right? Game week 11, uh, Man City have got Bournemouth at home. So you could easily say that he's a better captain than Salah away to Luton. And then in game week 12, Liverpool have got, where is it? Brentford at home and Man City have got Chelsea away. So again, that might be a week where you could go against him. But if you've still got Man United attackers and maybe they've shown some improvement... Well, all of a sudden, Fernandes and Rashford have got Luton at home. So that looks really good as well. So I do think you can go through all the weeks and you can definitely talk yourself into not having Salah. But I guess my question would be, what has changed so much that we now don't want him when before the general talk was we need him for this fixture on because it's just so good from game week nine onwards. So you can definitely make a case there's other options to go for. But in a lot of those weeks, Salah is the best. He's nailed on, he's on penalties, we know how attacking he is. And Liverpool just looking pretty good in attack right now as well. So I think you can definitely go about Salah if you want to. But I was happy to do it in game week one. I'm not so happy to do it in game weeks nine or ten onwards. In terms of going for Darwin, that is just a, it's kind of a coverage question, right? If Salah gets loads of points, it doesn't necessarily mean that Darwin also gets points individually though i do like darwin as an option i think it's clear that he's first choice right now if you look at the last three matches the only one he didn't start was after the international break even when he started midweek in the europa league he still started the game in the premier league the only one he's missed since then is the carabao cup which is fine he didn't start that game he came on later on you expect rest in that competition my only worry would be the next two games are away liverpool can definitely score against spurs and brighton but I don't know. For me, there's just not a mad rush to bring them in. So the next opportunity would be game week nine. 
but that's straight after an international break so there's going to be some concerns over his minutes but if he's got let's say from game week 9 to 15 they got everton forest luton brentford fulham and sheffield united so six of those fixtures are fantastic if he started five of them I think for his price at 7.4 million, he'd be a good option. And I am going to look at him if I end up wildcarding in game week 10. I think he's going to be difficult to fit in, but he is definitely tempting. So, yeah, for me, it's not a question of I go about Salah, therefore I get Darwin. It's do I think Salah's worth the money? Am I going to captain him enough? If yes, I get him in. If no, maybe I go without him. And then it's is Darwin a good option versus an Alvarez versus, I don't know, Hoyland, Wilson, Isaac, whoever it might be. If the answer is yes, you get him in. There's no, basically what I'm trying to say without waffling too much more is there can be cases to be made to go for both of them and without uh, without either of them and then one or the other. It really depends on what your thoughts are on both players. I like them both. Whether I can fit them both in, I don't know. But my plan still is to get Salah. That's been the plan all along. I've not really seen anything so far apart from Son playing number nine, I guess, and wanting to hold on to him for me to change my mind. So nice and simple question. What should we do with Raheem Sterling? He has been extremely frustrating. The only returns he's had so far have been in that Luton game. If you got him after that, no goals, no assists. And I can see why people are thinking about selling. I would say he's in that category where it's perfectly reasonable to get rid of him. As long as you've got a spare transfer. I don't think I would uh, move him on for a hit. Even for someone like Son, I think I'd rather have Sterling than son minus four points for liverpool at home because you can always make the move the week after if you're in a situation where money is getting tight and you might not be able to make a move like that in game week eight and you just want to get it done now fair enough maybe you take the hit but for most people i'd only transfer him out if you've got a spare transfer because i think he's guaranteed to play the next two games and it's fulham away and burnley away and i know chelsea haven't been great but on paper, they're two pretty good fixtures. So I think it's perfectly reasonable to sell him if you've got a spare transfer. In most cases, I wouldn't take a hit. In terms of replacements, if you've got money to upgrade, then the one player that a lot of people are, of course, looking at is Son. I think that's perfectly fine. I also don't think it's completely out of the question to buy Man United players right now. Crystal Palace at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away. If you've got money to upgrade, that's that could be where you're looking at. West Ham, obviously, we've already talked about. Going to Ward, Prowse or Bowen could be an option. I would question though, next two game weeks, Sterling against Fulham away, Burnley away, is that better or worse than like a Bowen against Sheffield United at home, Newcastle at home? I guess because you've got two home fixtures and one of them is Sheffield United, you probably would go for Bowen. But I think it's quite close. Again, that's definitely not worth taking a hit for. And if there's other moves I want to make over the next couple of weeks that I need to save transfer, I'm not even sure I would make that move. In terms of a downgrade to go into someone cheaper outside of obviously um, Ward Prowse, who we've spoken about quite a bit, you've got the likes of Eze, Man United away. I don't think most people want to buy him right now. It's not a great time to buy in Burmo either. Matoma's got Aston Villa away, Liverpool at home, Man City away. Probably wouldn't go there. So the one player to look at is obviously Diaby, our home to Brighton which isn't a bad shout as a long-term move. But again, just when I say it out loud, it doesn't feel like a move you absolutely have to go out of your way and make, like Sterling before Fulham away to change the DRB before Brighton at home. I'd rather have DRB for the next six, seven weeks, but I think Sterling's okay to hold for the next two. We always knew that Chelsea's fixtures were going to swing in a bad way from game week nine onwards. So you do need a plan to eventually get rid of him. But I think if I had him, I'd be okay holding him. Like, I was just in a fortunate position where I had the money to go for Son. And at the moment, that's worked out. But I do think over the last couple of game weeks, Sterling's been a little bit unlucky to not have at least one return. 
There was that assist against Forrest for Jackson. Jackson should have scored. There was the free kick. I think it was against Bournemouth that nearly went over the line. Like, I know Chelsea haven't been great, and I'm not sure they've turned a corner just because of last night's result, but it can only help, I think. Um, and I think they are a better team than they've been showing, and Sterling's guaranteed to play. So, yeah, I think if you've got a spare transfer and you don't have to worry about Chilwell because you don't own him, you've already got your Newcastle defenders in place, you've got Morris or Alvarez, and there's not really a lot to do, more than happy to move him on, but I don't think I would sell him for a hit in most cases if you've enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already make sure to check out fantasy football hub all the links you need are in the description below and if you're listening on podcasts and you've enjoyed what you've heard make sure to rate five stars as well otherwise i'll catch you tomorrow for final thoughts sports social podcast network